Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Let's do the right thing! podcast panel show that wants to do the right thing in any situation. For example, what is the right way to screw in a light bulb? Remove the filament and make sure your parents aren't filming you again. <laughs> I'm Danielle Ward and with me... I know it takes a while, but it, it's good. <laughs> I'm Danielle Ward and with me trying to do the right thing today. On my left, he's the listener's third favourite do the right thing regular after producer Ben and me laughing at my own jokes. <laughs> It's Michael Legg! And with him, she's the host of a podcast about serial killers. If I was a serial killer, that's what I'd do too. It's Rachel Fairburn! (laughs) On my right, she's currently acting in Dick Whittington in Hammersmith, which makes a change from her being a dick in Hammersmith. It's Margaret Cabon Smith! And with her, he's cornered the market in playing sexless hobbyists and men with clipboards. It's Neil Edmonds! <laughs> it's time for that round named after an Oscar Wilde play for reasons we can't remember. Yes, it's round one, the importance of being that one about the painting in the loft. <laughs> the importance of being right. Just like Facebook, I've run into some trouble online. In this round, I'm going to give each team a scenario and they're going to tell me what the right thing to do is according to Sir Alex Fergonet. (laughs) Michael and Rachel. Oh, yeah. After years of being a friend of animals, you take the next logical step. Open a slaughterhouse for humans. (laughs) Only joking. You start a donkey sanctuary called Live and Let Donkey. All the donkeys you've saved from the Middle East and Scarborough are really enjoying their new life. <laughs> but one has a request. He's asked if his friend, a horse, can come and stay. At first, you're not sure. A horse is not a donkey. <laughs> but hey, it's Christmas. Why not? The new horse looks so comfortable, you really want to try it out. But oh no, as soon as you climb on, the horse bolts. So what is the right way to stop a runaway horse, according to holistichorse.com? <laughs> Well, according to Claire Balding, is to shoot it in the back of the fucking head. Now. What? Because why? Well, she thinks that the... if an animal has to fall, then let's shoot it. Instead of, let's rebuild it. <laughs> <laughs> let's make it a bionic horse. That would be... I'd watch the Grand National if it was just horses cobbled together with machinery. I would watch it if they were all chasing Claire Balding. <laughs> I'd love that. Rachel, have you ever ridden a horse? Well, I went horse riding from the age of three to the age of 20. Your arse must be in agony. (laughs) (laughs) But but you're working class. I know, this is the thing. Did it come up in the lift in your your (laughs) estate? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I went horse riding for uh, twice, three times a week um, until I was 20 years old from when I was three, and I I was very, very good. 
Um, did you ride the same horse each time, or different horses? Yeah, had sort of the same horse at the riding school. <laughs> the riding school, darling. For about six months, a horse called Misfit. Uh, did and you I... fall in love? If you were there from three to twenty, you definitely fell in love with one horse. Oh, make no mistake, this horse was a prick. Um, and because I was definitely the poorest girl in the class that I was in, they often gave me the shit horse, which was Misfit, who was really badly behaved, but I was such a legend and so good at it that, you know, me and Misfit bonded. This is a great story. It's like, a, it's like what is it, Mallory Towers, something yeah. like that? This is like one of those, isn't it? I was thinking um, Kez. <laughs> And why did you give up? Well, I had to give up because, obviously, I am working class and my uh, parents were like, we're not fucking paying for this shit anymore. Uh, That was like the one treat that I had that they saved up for. But my sister is six years younger than me and when they stopped paying for my riding lessons, they paid for her to go horse riding and uh, they bought her a horse. What? I think we know who's the favourite there. Wow. Your parents bought a horse? Yeah, they're not as expensive as you think. Was it just misfit with a repaint? (laughs) (laughs) They're not as pricey as you think. It's the time that you have to put into them that's the... And you can get cheap horses with just two horses (laughs) well. After the Grand National, there's a few fit-ups, aren't there? (laughs) And my theory on this, the horse is running away, because I have been on a runaway horse. The best thing to do is you've got to ride the horse and let it run its course and try and guide it, or... Ask him what it's running from. <laughs> it's a very important question. Michael, have you ever ridden a horse? Yeah, once. How was it? It was crap. We went on this horse um, festival, let's call it that. <laughs> and um, all my friends started horses called Lightning and like Explosion. <laughs> and my horse was called Gary. <laughs> he was shit. So I'll tell you what, he would never have bolted. Are vegans allowed to ride horses? No, I wasn't vegan then. And the saddle was made of leather and eggs. <laughs> <laughs> but now you are vegan, you're not allowed to ride a horse. I think you're probably allowed to. If you get on with a horse, you'll probably be fine. Are you, are you allowed to kiss a fish? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, kissing it's all right, isn't it? I mean, as long as it's into it. And they normally are. Issue. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Neil, have you ridden a horse? Yes, I have. And... It was mainly memorable because I was wearing quite a tight pair of farrers, and even though it's, I think, 18 years ago, I still bear the scars. <laughs> quite bad friction burns. Um, it was by the pyramids, very picturesque, but I primarily remember my own <laughs> genitals. So when, when you say the pyramids, you mean in Egypt? Yeah, where are the others? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of Toblerone. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I grew up in Portsmouth. When I think of the pyramids, I think of the leisure centre. Oh, so. <laughs> Margaret, you look like a horsey. I know I do, and it's wrong. <laughs> You've never been it's tempted. It's a big face, it's not the same. <laughs> Did you ever want to go horse riding as a kid? No, I don't think so. Because no, of Jesus? I just wanted to be left alone. Because of Jesus. As <laughs> soon as your fanny comes into contact with anything, you're sinning. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> no horses, barely no rode bikes, a bike. Yeah, no cucumbers. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't allowed to ride cucumbers, No. <laughs> 
I lived in London all my life, so, um, you know, I hadn't really seen a horse. <laughs> local news in London is not funny, and everyone would say to me, oh, local news in other places is amazing. And uh, the day I got to university, I thought, oh, well, Look East is on, I'll watch Look East. And I turned it on, and the headline story was some horses had run a race and kept running. <laughs> and there was footage of them in a car park. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, this is the place for me, this is amazing. <laughs> Michael, yep. you look like a man who would like to own a donkey sanctuary. Oh, yeah. Here's the thing. In Ireland, it's not that weird for people to go around riding horses. It's not part of a riding What, now? Horse. You see horses tied out outside bookies and stuff. It's kind of normal. Isn't that inside a training for a horse to be placed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is the, uh, the use of horses in Ireland linked in any way to the lack of snakes and therefore there's a reduced chance of them rearing up? Uh, my answer will never be as funny as the question. <laughs> there wasn't a week that went by in my primary school growing up in lovely, quite Northern Ireland where we didn't have to leave the classroom to go and get the donkey back in the field. <laughs> Proper little kids had to go and get a fucking donkey that would kill you. Why would... Because it was in the IRA. <laughs> That's what you wanted to hear, isn't it? <laughs> He's a fully trained, skilled donkey. I've and never known an episode of Do the Right Thing go off and just someone so quickly into a variety of insane tangents. We were all scared of the donkey because we thought Jesus wrote it. <laughs> yeah, we did, because we were talking about Little Donkey, yeah. and we thought that was Little Donkey. Did it smell of Christ? Yeah, a little bit. It was a bit Christy. <laughs> Neil, but... so if you've ridden a horse, Neil, mm. take it you're not scared of them. Well, it depends on the individual horse. I'm not going to stereotype. Are there any other big animals you're scared of? Cows, maybe? No. <laughs> who, who have you been talking to? <laughs> no, I, I find horses slightly intimidating. But like any animal, if they get out of control, it's usually something to do with the anus, isn't it, I think? <laughs> if you're attacked by a dog, you reach around and uh, attempt to locate and penetrate the anus, because um, I assume that works with horses. Might need... You know, a leg rather than a fist, because they've got a capacity. So why be intimidated as long as it's got an anus? You can, you can calm it down. That's what Mum told me before I went to school. But you can literally say that about anyone. No, I mean, only my Mum said it. No. But I mean, there's no such thing then as an intimidating person because they have an anus. Well, what about they're wearing are... clothes though, aren't they? Uh, and also, uh, some animals wear clothes. Rep- reptiles and birds, they have a cloaca, so maybe that doesn't right. count as an anus. It's a combination anus yeah. and vagina. So yeah, what would you do if it was a shark? Oh, good point. Um... Get ripped to bits. <laughs> well, Neil's riding a runaway shark in this. <laughs> well, they have dermal plates, which are very abrasive, sort of skin teeth. So you know you're already in trouble anyway. The chafing like mine on a shark, that would be right through the farrows. <laughs> Rachel, as someone who has ridden horses and has a respect for horses, mm. are you a fan of horse racing? I'll be honest with you, I fucking love it. Really? Yeah, I'm so sorry. I find it Accepted. highly entertaining, and I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I do, Accepted. I do. I just I find it... Re- I fucking love the Grand National. Do you? Yeah, I do. Why? What is wrong with you, people? <laughs> I, guess, I could lie and say, no, I think it's abhorrent. And A minute ago, I was a working-class queen <laughs> who rode horses, and it could have been a brilliant film and book, and now I've fucked it. <laughs> Now you're a privileged murderer that went to riding school. (laughs) So angry that daddy took the pony away. (laughs) 
But if I can backtrack, I mean, horse racing should be banned and it's awful. <laughs> <awful. laughs> so, I'll ask a simplified question. Should you pull back on both reins, Rachel? You must know this. The way to slow down a horse is to pull back on both reins, but... I think if the horse is running away, you're doing that, you're going to make it worse because it's going to panic. Michael, would you pull back on the reins? I would, but I'm a fucking idiot. And she clearly <laughs> said, don't do that. <laughs> but I would do that because I don't know what I'm doing. I would just throw myself from it. Yeah. And Neil? Rachel's nodding, so. Again, if I'm able to, I would reach the anus of the horse. <laughs> if it's a long horse, then, you know, I'd hope I'd brought a stick with me. Or a carrot you could use. Oh, yeah. yeah the carrot's probably better, actually. Strap the carrot to the end of the stick and... Well, maybe that's where that comes We've from. Got... <laughs> that's where that comes from, yep. sure. Producer Ben, is anybody close? What are the answers? Well... Certainly, uh, Rachel gets one point, because according to holistichorse.com... Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Well, they say if you pull back with both reins, your horse can just hold on to the bit and keep running, so don't do that. They say if you're on a single-track trail, pick up one rein, just one side, and pull straight up to slow it down and possibly stop your horse, because that will pull its head to the side, which will slow it down. This is what they say. The other thing is to turn your runaway horse is one of the best ways to slow it down. If you've got the space, begin to turn your horse onto a very large circle. Which way? Is this uh, vertically or horizontally? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and so (laughs) the only other tip is stay relaxed the more upset you get the more your horse is encouraged to run faster hold on, breathe and do anything you can to remain calm once you start to relax your horse will wonder why she's running so fast so um, that's holistic horse for you and one point to Rachel Margaret and Neil. Holy, holy, it's nearly Christmas, which means only one thing, turkey, and another thing, presents. You found a wonderful antique patonk set with matching bone saw on Craigslist for only £1.50. But the owner, Buffalo Bill 66, <laughs> insists they're too heavy to post and can you come to his house to collect them? He'll throw in a cup of weird-smelling tea for free. <laughs> <You're> a- <laughs> You're a little bit suspicious, but also £1.50 is a bargain. Swings and roundabouts. So what is the right way to stay safe when meeting someone from the internet, according to lifehacker.com? So, Margaret, yes. picture the scenario. There's a thing you really want. It's in a man's house. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever met anybody weird online? Yeah, of course I have. In real life? Um, yeah. No, not but anybody I've, in I've, this room? I've sold... <laughs> I've given some stuff away on FreeCycle and they tend to be maniacs who come to collect them. Really? Yeah, I gave some shelves I gave away. and Hold on, I put put some shelves up for you about four years ago. (laughs) (laughs) It better not be those fucking shelves. It wasn't those, I promise it wasn't those shelves. Um, Yeah, but they, they they were really, I promise they weren't. Much better than them. They were really, really long shelves, but I put the details and everything, you know, on the free cycle thing. I said exactly what they look like and, you know. And this woman turned up <laughs> and said, I'll take whatever you've got. I mean, she honestly looked behind me and said, have you got any CDs as well? And I was like, no, it's just the shelves. And she looked at the shelves and she said, they're really big. And I said, yeah, I mean, I did give you the measurements. She's like, oh, oh, I don't know how I'm going to get them home. And I said, oh, do you not have a van? And I looked out and she had this tiny, tiny mini you know, and I was thinking at this point she's just going to go without them. And she put the windows down. No. And, yeah, and put them through so the mini looked like it was going to fly away. Ooh, you. Chitty, chitty, bang, bang. 
then I, um, I mean, I'd love to tell you that she did fly away because that would be a better end to the story. But no, she did leave and it was absolutely terrifying. She, she left him to as a cyclist. <laughs> <laughs> Neil, have you ever met anybody weird online? It, it's very problematic, isn't it, online life? I think the first thing that you need to remember is nowadays, if you're online and arranged to meet people, you need to give up any hopes and aspirations you have of being a paedophile. Um, because there's a lot of stings out there and also um, it's a really unpleasant thing to be Um, wise words there Michael Um, have you ever met anybody online in real life um, I don't know if I want to say do I yeah yeah. I don't know if it's funny it's just fucking weird that's good like you know, the very early days of the internet, I'd say around 1999, <laughs> something like that. Dial right? up. Yeah, good old dial up. I went to this chat room about comedy, right? It was about comedy. And You're protesting just... a bit too much there. Yeah. <laughs> but there were chat rooms that literally were, I mean, nothing was separated, it seemed to be, right at the beginning of the internet. It was like, oh, come on, we'll talk about like, a bit of Fry and Laurie, and we can meet up and fuck. It was like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. And so, because I didn't have a name, I didn't, I didn't have a name, it was just a series of numbers as my name on this chat room. This guy just fucking made a move on me thinking I was a woman, and I went, fuck it, I'm going to go for it. And I said... I'd love to meet up with you. And he asked me for photos. I just found random photos of a woman. He went, fuck yeah, I really want to meet up. I picked the bar. I got there ten minutes before him and just watched this complete stranger have a drink on his own for half an hour. <laughs> it's one of the creepiest things I've ever fucking you are done. Re- that is the so thing creepy. is, thing is, I spoke to him because I went to the bar and I went, oh, excuse me, mate, because I wanted to get past him. I went, I've spoken to him. It was the weirdest, creepiest fucking feeling. Did you not want to go, excuse me, my colleague? Just a little, little, yeah. little sprinkle. Yeah. Was your numerical username particularly curvaceous or feminine? Yeah. No, it's you like 6969. Six, nine. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, would you let a stranger into your home to pick up some furniture? Probably not, because I think my home is weirder than anything they would encounter, because I'm... I'm ever so sorry, real like taxiderma. Uh, of racehorses. I like, ta- I, like <laughs> <laughs> I like taxiderma. Yeah. yeah, so if I sold something on eBay and somebody worked to come to my house to collect it, they can fucking wait outside, quite frankly. And you'd chuck it at them. Yeah. And I'd <laughs> chuck it at them. Maybe it's a bit like pets. So if something says free to good home, you're going to get a serial killer going to collect that pet to strangle it or put it in a blender or race it. <laughs> you should put a price on something. I think you're going to get a better class of weirdo. <laughs> um, Michael, would you go to a stranger's house to pick up a patonk set? <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, if that's the only way I have of finding out what a patonk set is, <laughs> then so be it. Because I absolutely have no idea what it is. So a man online right. has yeah. a thing that you really want for huh. 50p, but you have to go to his house. Like what? It's a, a signed hand... hand a signed hand? <laughs> oh, yes, yes, I definitely want that. Good. It is okay. King Billy's hand from the Battle of the Boyne that he cut off and threw across the river. Yes, I want that. And it's signed? Yeah. Oh, shit, it's all left-handed scroll. <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> So it's in a yeah. man's house. Yeah. Would you go and collect it. Yeah, yeah. At it was a signed house. hand. Yeah. 
I mean, I don't think he's the creepy one. I'm buying a hand. I will simplify the question. What is the most important thing to do before you agree to meet in person someone you've previously only known online, Margaret? Take someone with you. Neil, what do you think the most important thing is to do? Weaponry, I would say. <laughs> Weaponry that's difficult to have wrestled off you. So, I suppose natural weapons like claws and hooves. <laughs> Unless they've got a very big pair of nail clippers... You should be fine. But then again, you'd probably be having to buy those online in the first place. So there's a bit of a chicken-egg situation here. Michael, what do you think the most important thing to do is before you... I think the best thing you can possibly do is out-freak them out. Right? Just get in there for a good... Take your own signs. Right. Just just go, yeah, let's swap and then cut your own hands off. Rachel, what do you think the... Uh... I'm just imagining somebody lumbered with the thing he wanted to get rid of now. You've cut your hand off and now he's got another <laughs> fucking hand. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I agree with Margaret. I think it's uh, take someone with you. Can I just say that if anyone has like a spooky fake severed hand, <laughs> will you please promise me tomorrow you will leave it outside your house with a free cycle sign? <laughs> please take. And nothing else. Don't leave anything else, just that. I'll enjoy that. Producer Ben, who is the closest? Well, I'm giving out three points for this. <gasps> so according to lifehacker.com, the most important thing to do is vet them before you offer to meet them. So I'm giving Michael a point for going to the bar to see that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I knew some good would come of that creepy, creepy day. Uh, <laughs> do you hear that, guys? You want a point? Don't give the creep Meet them the in a <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, don't just go by their online profiles. Search about them online. Most importantly, talk to them on the phone first. If the person says they're a 20-year-old woman, but they're really a 45-year-old man, that'll be a lot harder to hide on a phone call. <laughs> um, plan your encounter. Before you head out, set up your smartphone to share your location with your friends and family. Even better, take a friend along with you. So I'm going to give Margaret a point for that. Rachel, you have a point coming for something else, which Ooh. is if you're selling something, they've got to come to your house to pick it up. Well, they're saying just leave your front door open once they've arrived or meet them in a parking lot if you're in an apartment complex. But I think getting them to wait outside is the equal of that. Mm -hmm. And the final advice is have an exit strategy. If possible, set up a safe zone that your friends or family can meet you at nearby. Oh, this for a sofa. (laughs) Fucking worth it, is it? So, two points to Michael and Rachel, one point to Margaret and Neil. At the end of that round, what the points producer Ben? Michael and Rachel have three. Margaret and Neil have one. Oh. Do you know who my favourite people are? Go on. I'll tell you. And you probably know this already because it's quite well known. It's John McGowan, (laughs) obviously. Martin Illingworth. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, he is is pretty cool. Matthew Smith. Hot. Oh, yes. And, wait for it. Go on. Phil Buckley. I love Lovely guys. And do you know why they're my favourite people? Because they're just generally nice people and nothing more than that. Big dicks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's because they have signed up to our Patreon where they pay us ridiculously $20 an episode. Is that right, Ben? And do you know why they do that? Why do they do that? Big Big dicks. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for digging deep into your pocket. I mean, you have to with those dicks. (laughs) If you want to join this illustrious Hall of Fame, you can by going. 
go to comedy.co.uk forward slash DTRT forward slash donate and you too can be on that wall. And you don't just have to uh, donate us $20 an episode, you can donate much more or much less. Even a dollar an episode would really help us plan for the future really together. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. We're back in the room and now for some ballpoint agony. In this round, I'll be getting the panel to solve some problems from our audience, but before that, I'm going to judge them like a widow at her first and only crofts. <laughs> yes, I am implying she was eaten by a dog. <laughs> With a letter sent to a real agony aunt. Margaret, would you read this, please? <clears throat> Dear Agony Aunt, I'm the last in my group of friends to still be single. I'm 37, yes I am, and although I've had several relationships, I've been on my own since 2012. Two couples I know are obsessed with fixing me up and constantly organise dates for me with their colleagues, old neighbours and various random people. Sometimes I fear I've become a figure of fun, someone to plonk next to the weirdo at the dinner party or wedding. I just want to be left alone. What should I do? Rachel. How, how old are these neighbours? Yeah, elderly <laughs> elderly neighbours. Hey, that's good money in them old people. Um, <laughs> Rachel, have you ever been set up or set up any friends? Uh, no, I think people should be left alone. I've not had this experience, but I've seen it happen before. When I think when people in couples try and set up their single friend, I think it highlights a problem in their relationship that they're fixated on their single friend who seems to be enjoying their life and getting on with things. And it's like, mind your own fucking business. That's what I think. Just tell them to piss off. That's what I'd do. That's good advice. Yeah. Michael. Yeah, mate. You've set up people on dates. I have. I did not mean to, but it happened. (laughs) I was going out with someone, introduced them to a friend. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. That's all right, isn't it? But you've been set up on dates, surely. Right, Right, here's the one and only time that I was, and, oh, get ready for the hilarious twist. My friend was concerned that I was single, don't know why. I wasn't, didn't give a shit. And he said, we're having a bit of a do, having some friends round, and my sister is inviting some of her friends. So you know what? Get smooth, mate. Get smooth. Meet these women. He was really pissed off at the end of the night when I got off with his sister. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It really happened, and it was weird. It was well past her bedtime. Yeah. (laughs) 
really smooth, though. Really yeah, smooth. but so smooth. Did you? But you only got off with her. Sorry? You only got off with her. Nope. Oh. <laughs> Did you clean up afterwards? Oh, my God! <laughs> Did they have bunk beds? I, I... <laughs> Neil, have you ever set anybody up? Uh, actually, no. Uh, I, I'm going to say no because... It... In fact, uh, yeah, well, actually, there's loads of... It was remarkable, a remarkable few months. Ask the question again. <laughs> uh, Neil, have you ever set up any of your friends? No. <laughs> <laughs> Margaret, you, you have the aura of a matchmaker. Yeah, no, and I've regretted all of them, even the ones that have got married. But I'm... This woman, I just feel like she should sleep with everyone... And then say, right, I've been through all of them. <laughs> None of that worked. Now leave me alone. Even but... the old neighbours. Oh, yes, the elderly neighbours. Yeah, they deserve it. I find it strange that her friends are friends with their neighbours. Mm. That's weird. <laughs> Rachel, as a single woman, if someone sat you next to a weirdo at a wedding, would you be offended? Yeah, I, I would get massively offended. I think it's very presumptuous. I think it's bad manners, actually. I'd be over the moon if someone tried to find me some cock. No one's going to try and find me Have you tried free cycle? <laughs> if I may address myself to the problem, this woman, perhaps, she should be grateful for the times we live in now where you are less likely to meet partners. So people are having to go through these artificial means of meeting someone. Go back 50 years and she would have been obliged to marry her brother-in-law's brother or someone who worked at the same lathe. Um, <laughs> uh, as, not as her, obviously, not in those days. Um, so uh, she should... In fact, nowadays you can escape much more easily into being lonely and depressed and she should be grateful <laughs> Ben is Neil anywhere close no nowhere near oh yeah <laughs> so this advice comes from the Sunday Express's agony column no. which says arrange to speak to each matchmaker in turn and explain that whilst you appreciate their efforts their help is no longer needed you're sorry if your single status rankles with them but you're not a project or a problem to be fixed if they still refuse to take you seriously, then you may have to consider distancing yourself from them. So one point to Rachel for telling them to piss off. Uh, this ultimately comes down to respect and boundaries. Real friends listen and understand and don't make a nuisance of themselves. Now you've learnt how a real agony aunt does it, let's see you deal with some problems from tonight's audience. The first one I've got is William, who hasn't seen his parents in a year. Oh. And I'm visiting home over Christmas, but my parents don't know I've gotten a tattoo since I last saw them, something they aren't fond of. How should I break this to them? Is the tattoo on your face? No. No. It's on my arm. On your arm. And what is it? It's inspired by a TV show Twin Peaks. Ooh. Is it Killer Bob? <laughs> no. Is it a pair of tits? Yes. <laughs> no. Is it a log, lady? Do they like Twin Peaks? No. No. I introduced it to them and they hated it. They hated it? Why haven't you seen them for a year? Thank I you. moved from Australia to England. Okay. You that's... picked up the accent well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get that a lot. So, would you say your primary rebellion was moving away from home or introducing your parents to a television show 
them expressing dislike and you deciding, no, that's the tattoo one. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying you're pathetic, but they're so, a better rebellion. Yeah, so you know, are your, easy rebellion. Are your parents in Australia? Yes, they are. So you have to take a jumper mm-hmm. off. Yeah. Are you worried that they won't give a shit? <laughs> uh, well, they've not seen me for a year, so... Yeah, they might have forgotten. Yeah, maybe. Didn't even know he had an arm. <laughs> oh, I Seven know. Hands. What you could do is draw loads and loads of pictures all over your body so that it really freaks them out and they're like, oh, my God, what have you done? And then wash all of it off except the actual tattoo and then that'll be a big relief. You don't know what tattoos your parents might have had while you've been away. <laughs> That's true. What do you hate? Well, my mum ain't know about it. If it's that kind of tit-for-tat, petty-minded arsehole, <laughs> Australian family. <laughs> Maybe they've had some New Zealanders drawn on their buttocks. <laughs> It'd be great if they both had R.I.P. William on the hearts, wouldn't it? <laughs> I'd, um, I'd get the tattoo removed. Get it lasered off. Unless you go really extreme and put a bandage around it and say you've missed them so much you've been self-harming. <laughs> That's great! Very extreme. One of the larger tourniquets, perhaps. And then <laughs> you could distract them with a potential drug habit. You are... Because yes. we're discussing this in the context of your parents, you are definitely under 18, right? No, 21. I mean, such an old voice. Yeah, I thought you were going to say you were... You sound right. like a baron. <laughs> you sound it's like an wealth. old neighbour. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you like your parents? Oh, very much so. Oh. But do you love your parents? Oh. <laughs> Not in that Why don't way. you get a tattoo that says, I love my parents? Maybe no, saying that you love my parents. <laughs> we love Michael Legs. Bloody love those guys. It's distracting. It's distracting, I'll tell you that. William, out of all the advice you've just heard, who would you give a point to? Rachel's idea of the tourniquet was a good idea. It's a Thank good idea, much. isn't it? Point to Rachel. Round of applause. <laughs> Our second problem comes from Rory Every day, at the same time, my boss takes a big, horrible, smelly shit at work. (laughs) To add insult to injury, he doesn't open the window or spray for breeze. Or go to the toilet. (laughs) (laughs) And we work in a posh bathroom showroom. Oh, God. In Chelsea. They're not plumbed in. (laughs) (laughs) That's horrible. How can I confront this? Are you here, Rory? Yes, I'm here. Oh, clever. First of all, my boyfriend actually wrote this. So my name is actually Rosie, not Rory. (laughs) Hello, Rosie. And yeah, that is the story of my dilemma every day. So, I mean, A, I'm really impressed at your boss's regularity. I could not shit at the same time every day even if I wanted to. But putting that aside... um, So it really stinks. Is he in there for a long time? Yeah, he's not right. quick. Get it over with. That's so fine. Far. I don't like him now either. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I say that is because he's clearly not vegan. Now, here's the thing. No, he's not. How do you know? Because he said he's in there a long time, so he's not vegan. Here's the thing. Maybe he's reading. Vegan magazine. What? Oh, <laughs> Lyndon McCartney recipes. Right. He's definitely not vegan. Here's the thing. I mean, I'm not heavy-handed, but, but I try to persuade people to be vegan and they're going, do you know what? I really don't like vegetables. Oh, I couldn't give up bacon. I'm telling you, 
Once you start shitting like a vegan, you will go, what the fuck was I missing? I'm not kidding you. Your arse comes. Oh. I'm not kidding you. You sit down and go, oh! Fucking... And afterwards, sex is like... Oh. You have ass-gasms because you're a vegan. Yeah, I'm not kidding you. You just go, whoa! Every single day, it's like shitting supermodel's fingers out of your arse. <laughs> Signed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think how that's going to help. Yeah. I think it's food for thought. <laughs> what I've done is, and I genuinely, <laughs> I genuinely take pleasure in the smell of other people's oh, oh God! You've adapted oh, yourself you to the know. odor. Yeah, no, not adapted. I am fascinated by the smells. You're from Port, oh, aren't no. you? <laughs> Fascinated by the smells other people make, and so mm. if someone does a fart near me, I'm like, ooh, and <laughs> I'll have a bit of that. <laughs> and the same with shits. I, I think it's. I think what what he's doing is an act of aggression because, um, as Danielle has proven very willingly, uh, you know, come out as a as a sniffer, um, a truffler. <laughs> Then, then we communicate a lot through our shit, not just with the dirty protest letters and that sort of thing, but um, you are saying a lot about it. If you've ever been to Monkey World or something, they, they look at each other's shit all the time, press their asses against the glass and they all have a little dab at it. If they're just like, oh, yeah, he's been eating well and have a sort of finger through it. But I think in humans, <laughs> in a very regimented society like that that we have, mm-hmm. one of the few acts of aggression you can get away with without judgment beyond a podcast... Is, is an offensive shit, a real alpha shit. A shit that says, this is my space. So he's scent marking. So you've got to shit harder. You've got to shit so hard that he, his little balls retract into his body and he becomes a beater and you're an alpha at the bathroom showroom. Yeah. Um, maybe you wipe your ass in a towel. Um, you know, leave as much of your scent around as possible. Change your diet to make it more odiferous. Has anybody yeah, helped good. with this dilemma? Yes, I would say the last comment, for sure. Yes. My boss from years ago, he used to do exactly the same thing, and he'd be gone for 15 minutes, and uh, we just searched his internet history, and his internet <laughs> history was um, girls with guns, uh, why is my poo black? <laughs> And why do gay men have big bums? <laughs> wow. Sure yeah, I know that. the first two. What's the answer to the first? I, 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 we didn't search any further than that. We, we I'm know. going yeah. to now. So I'd go through this guy's internet history. Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, yeah, do that. Try that one too. Don't like him. What's his <laughs> name? James. Of course it is. <laughs> okay, let's check the scores. Producer Ben. With that late extra point for Rachel as well. Mm-hmm. Michael and Rachel have six. Margaret and Neil have two. So sorry. There are some questions the internet just can't answer, like do human accomplishments have any long-term meaning? In those situations, we need to ask the expert. Ask, 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 ask. So in this round, the panel have to work out what an expert would do in some extreme yet relevant situations. So let's welcome today's trained professional, it's expert cruise director, Peter Gibbs. Hello, Peter. Hello. 
Hello. Now, where do the boats you work on go? Generally the Caribbean and then the West Coast, like down Baja, Mexico and things like that. Oh, oh not Bristol and Swansea? Not so much <laughs> these days. No, it's a little bit colder there. And is it etiquette to puke over the side of the ship or in a toilet? In the lifeboat seems to be quite popular. Oh. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I once vomited off the side of a boat and it went into someone else's face. Because <laughs> the wind was so strong. It's bad. So, right, panel, in a moment, you're going to have to second-guess what advice Peter would give in some cruise director-based scenarios. But before that, you've got the chance to get to know him a little bit better by asking him some questions. I will start. Is The Poseidon Adventure your favourite film (laughs) or your least favourite film? Whose death makes you most sad? (laughs) For me, it's the band. Who was the one who went off the Christmas tree and went all the way down and hit the deck? That's the MC, isn't it? don't know, but I love that death. That was a good death. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, comedians all have stories about cruise ships. Mm -hmm. When they die, do you put them in the brig? (laughs) No, we just put them off in the next port, normally fly them in and out anyway, so if they've done their time, that's it, yeah. (laughs) So get them on in Miami and then get rid of them in Cozumel and then get something fresh on board with... Which one? Fresh. Now, I'd imagine the sort of people who go on cruise ships really like Jim Davison. They like the sort of medium stuff, and then you have late night comedy specials like at midnight when you can say fucking. You can't say cunt, which is odd. Oh. It's because the boat is a she. (laughs) (laughs) When you're in international waters, Mm -hmm. can you shoot a person through the head with a harpoon? (laughs) (laughs) Not legally, no, but we have guns. Really? What for? Uh, Anyone says cunt. (laughs) (laughs) What's the nearest you personally have ever come to mutiny? (gasps) (laughs) The musical starring David Essex and Frank (laughs) Finley. That's what he means. That failed terribly. Yeah, it did fail terribly. Did your own mutiny fail terribly? (laughs) Uh, No, no, I didn't. I was was lucky. I had my own cabin in a bath. It was great. I loved it. So, no, I'd stay on it. When you say... Uh, was your mutiny uh, taking a big smelly shit in a toilet? <laughs> well, they're vacuum toilets. They just suck out, so you didn't have, like, a flush system. Well, that, <laughs> there's questions the on the panel on that. For sure. where, where does the poo go? Into the sea? It goes into a wonderful little container, and you have to keep it and take it off back at your home port. That's good. I'm glad to hear. Like Tupperware? <laughs> Labelled with your name on it? Yes. Yes, and you collect it when you go home. So here's the first scenario that we set Peter... Midway through a cruise on a very hot day, a barman tells Peter that there may be a problem in the on-deck jacuzzi. A man has been drinking Prosecco for 90 minutes, but hasn't moved or responded to anyone for the last half hour. And a lady even flashed him her boobs. (laughs) Peter goes to check and discovers the man has in fact died. The deck is filled with passengers who haven't noticed what's going on. What would Peter do in this situation? I imagine he would, well, he knows he's dead. He's assessed the situation. He's asked him. (laughs) <laughs> he's, he's going to clear the deck as calmly as he possibly can not creating a kerfuffle because you don't want to ruin people's holidays because so, of a dead man so what does that involve? he'll finish the Prosecco because <laughs> he needs a drink he's Ooh, just seen sure. a dead body Michael, what do you think Peter would do? just put the cover on the jacuzzi <laughs> <laughs> and then put it up to its highest temperature <laughs> You've got miso soup for everybody. (laughs) Great. Margaret, what do you think Peter would do? Is it something to do with Weekend at Bernie's? Yeah. yeah. Bring him out and put some glasses on. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make him the captain. (laughs) (laughs) Neil, 
Well, I'm, I'm confused why Obama is on the ship. What? <laughs> you said Obama comes to you and tells you that a passenger's died. I'm baffling. <laughs> I can't believe oh. you're actually looking over your note. Did I? <laughs> no, you didn't. Oh, a barman. A barman! <laughs> right, I can concentrate now. Yes. Because I thought, you know, he's coped with all sorts, hasn't he? Yeah. Why is he coming to you? He's an ex-president. It's like, I was he, really confused. He like, can't he... do everything, mate. No. He well... can't do everything. He can't put a cover on a jacuzzi. <laughs> OK, a barman. Well, yes, OK. Now, that makes sense. Then I'd go with Michael. <laughs> Thanks, mate. I'd love to go on a cruise with you. This sounds a lovely trip. Let's get tattoos. Hey, Peter, what did you do in this situation? Um, forgive me, I've written down... I think down... it's a real situation that happened to you. It was, yes. We had someone who died. Actually, it was in port, but not at sea. If you're in port and they're dead, you can get them off pretty quickly. But if it's at sea... Get them off. You, you've got to... <laughs> you've got to really take them... Rigor mortis really helps, doesn't it? <laughs> Sorry, I had to write it down because I keep forgetting I knew I'd be nervous. First off, I'd get the supervisor, the deck supervisor, to screen off the jacuzzi and we'd call the medical team. The emergency thing is Bright Stars. You'd say Bright Star, and everyone knows there's a problem. Um, if it's a dead person. Oh, it sounds have... like a tribute band. Oh, <laughs> so you've got emergency signals. Other so what ones, other ones have you got? Alpha. Let's see if we can guess. Hang on. Oh, no, OK. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll ask tell them what, what they, they are. think they are. What is man overboard? There you go. Oh, um Dick splash. <laughs> really boring. It's bravo, bravo. I'm sorry. What does delta mean? Delta is pretty much it's all kicked off and there's lots of people dead and we've got a real problem. So it's like a, it's a multiple... So it's like a prison mean? riot. Or... Yeah. Oh, there might be an explosion in the engine room. Or the or Kraken's turned up. <laughs> Problems we have with people fighting over the last piece of pizza and stuff like that. That's where it gets. They're off. sick in the lifeboats. They could eat yeah. that. You know, there is actually. I can't remember. There is actually a code for being sick in the lifeboats. They've got the whole of that alphabet to use, the phonetic alphabet, and that you've picked Delta for something quite important when it refers to a body of water as I, well. I, I didn't not... pick it. That's, that wasn't me. So getting back to the dead body. Yes. So you've screened him off because it's going to be a him. Mm-hmm. And then what happens? A uh, winch? He um, drags well, them the, out. Well, the main thing is, I mean, if they're not making soup at the time or something, if they're still... Intact. Okay. They've not been Intact. there for four they're not days. A little, little bit frothy or something like that. We have morgues on board, but they hold up to ten people, so... Ooh. Just in case, you never know if it's legionnaires or something like that when you're, you're oh, wow. away for a while, which is nice. But you've just got to be really discreet, so you don't really tell everyone, because if you start letting people know this sort of thing, they go, oh, I've had some trauma, and I really need you to give me a free cruise. So you just mention nothing and say, it's all good, someone got ill... Everything's okay now, you know, and we're just carrying on. And if they come and complain, you say, all right, we'll have a free drink voucher. Sorry about that. So his wife, do you tell her her husband's dead or do you just go, oh, I think I saw him go in... I saw him go into the gas <laughs> shop. Do you, like, what do you do with her? Or do you get chloroform to the face, stick her in the morgue for three days, pull her out when you're at port? I don't remember what we gave the wife, actually. But you told what? her he was dead? Uh, I didn't, know. But no. Some... No, we had someone in a proper white you suit did... with three stripes do the whole bit, yeah. And why did you someone leave in Someone in a Adidas tracksuit. <laughs> <laughs> it looks exactly the same, yeah. Fucking crass, that, if you ask me. <laughs> Peter, who do you think came closest? I think it was Rachel. Rachel! Points to Rachel. I think it was. Uh, Keep it discreet. Oh. I mean, I have to admit, I mean, excuse the pun, I'm going to have to jump ship now. Yeah, no, well. Rachel's got a train to catch. Oh. This is... 
this is how we do do the right thing now. No, we run on late and then someone has to fuck off. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure. It was nice great to meet you. you. Have a good night. Thank you. I did. I had like three vodkas and two anxiety tablets before I came up here, which is probably why I'm verbally. Oh, you don't need to be nervous, no. Peter. Look, he's no. only as tiny. Oh, brilliant. Does one anyone... of us, one, one of us, one of us. <laughs> Would it make you feel more comfortable if we all swayed slightly? <laughs> it's New Year's Eve and Peter has arranged a special firework celebration off the side of the ship for the guests and also the dolphins. Unfortunately, one of the rockets goes off course and flies back through an open window into the casino. It causes a very pretty fire which quickly races out of control. What would Peter do in this situation? Margaret. Uh, sink the ship, Ooh. thus uh, putting <laughs> out the fire. That is a good, good answer. Thank you. Neil. Big piss. <laughs> <laughs> so, In the casino? Yeah. Ring the casino fireman. <laughs> 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 it's a gamble, but if there is one... <laughs> That woman who owns Bet365, she's got yeah. loads of money. You could ring her. And what good would that be in a fire? <laughs> hey, I hear you've got loads of money while well, I'm burning to death. Well, as long as she provides coins rather than notes, they may absorb some of the heat. <laughs> Peter, is anybody close? What would you do? Well, the first thing you do is you don't have fucking fireworks on the boat. Because it's the worst thing! It's but the there's worst loads thing. of water. Fire at sea is the fireworks. worst thing. I mean, everything else is all kind of you can get away with. Fire them off to the narwhals. What's the problem? <laughs> <laughs> My job was kind of be like a glorified Ted Bovis and, you know, sort of be calm and... You can't glorify like... Ted Bovis. OK, well, like, OK, sorry. Like a low-rent Ted Bovis or a, or a glorified red coat or You've something like that. You've lost that love in... <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Generally, you've just got to be the voice of reason. So I'd be on the bridge and I'd say, OK, well, we're taking some precautions here. We're just going to empty this area out here. And what we normally do in this situation, no matter what, we'll take you to your muster station, which is where everyone gathers before they get on the boats. You know, and if it is actually out of control, then um, if the captain says abandon ship, then we do a bit of that. But they're already there. Do a bit of that. <laughs> <laughs> if there's not too much sick in the life. Well, there. you know, you've got to keep it, keep it on the down low. But I think that closest one was, was unfortunately Michael who said call the casino fire department thank you that's, that's the thing they're, not they're, they're so in there. stupid no. <laughs> are there just before you go Peter because this was great can I just ask mm-hmm. are there enough lifeboats for everybody on board a ship there are and then some you've got lifeboats and you've got life rafts to even take more are there enough the even for all the Irish people on the lowest deck we leave them behind <laughs> We don't count them, Michael. Things, things haven't changed. What, well, you mean the fuel? No. <laughs> <laughs> and before you leave us, Peter, is there anything you would like to plug? My one plug is, if anyone's listening to this, I'm trying to make cruise lines collect loose change for charity, and I haven't managed to make them do it yet. So if anyone's out there, uh, yeah, give me a shout. What a fantastic Great thing. Idea. Round of applause for Peter! Peter! Producer Ben. Well, it's getting embarrassing because Michael and Rachel, who isn't even here anymore, have got eight, <laughs> and Margaret and Neil have got two. Oh. <laughs> like someone preparing to finger a bull, we're about to do the wrong thing. Do the wrong thing. Do the wrong thing. Do the wrong thing. In this round, I want the panellists to tell me what is the wrongest thing to do in any given situation. The winner gets Carter. The round ends when we hear producer Ben blow his big bassoon. You've got athlete's foot and an appointment to swim. What is the wrong thing to do? 
shower everyone with flakes from the diving board. <laughs> you find the lost city of Atlantis in your toilet. What is the wrong thing to do? Be vegan. Sooner or later, they will hate you for that. <laughs> the worst thing to do is to expose your buttocks and genitals to an advanced and potentially aggressive civilization. <laughs> you and Tiny Prince George, grandson of Diana, accidentally swap bodies. <laughs> what is the wrong thing to do? Go on Facebook Live, seductively lick my finger, and then slowly slide it into my own anus. <laughs> Might I suggest you use the Queen's scepter instead of your finger? What, Philip? Sure. <laughs> yeah, that's what I do. Suck my finger and then a Prince Philip in my anus. Your accountant sends you a dick pic. What is the wrong thing to do? Declare staple, it. Staple your receipts to it. <laughs> your mum's parrot tells you to fuck off. What's the wrong thing to do? Put her in a home. <laughs> You wake up speaking fluent Portuguese. What is the wrong thing to do? Leave Europe. <laughs> Ronaldo. Leave oh. Ronaldo. Oh, what is that? Oh, we have to stop. We were having so much fun. <laughs> so that's the end of the show. But before I turn around every now and then, I get a little bit nervous that the best of all the years have gone by. Producer Ben, what are the final scores? I'm going to make this exciting. <laughs> Margaret and Neil have got five. Yeah. Michael and Rachel have 13. Whoa, well done, Michael and Rachel. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Do the right thing featuring Rachel Berber, Neil and the Mark Cable, so it's Michael Lake, cruise director, expert, Peter Gibson, me, Danielle Ward. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.